Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Three Different Dads. I am Lorenzo. With me is Jim and our guest dad today, Adam. Adam, thanks for uh, filling in for Tyler today. Thanks for having me. Uh, I always like that I can count on Adam. I think I texted you possibly yesterday, maybe maybe Saturday, and said, hey, can you come on? Saturday. Okay, all right. So I did give you a couple. A little credit. (laughs) So I appreciate you uh, coming on, like I said. Uh, Jim, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. Uh, before we start anything, uh, I do want to mention that uh, we are part of the Nerdball Network. Um, now with uh, two podcasts, uh, the other podcast, the Nerd, <laughs> Jim, the Nerdball Podcast. Uh, we got uh, this week is uh, Jake Paluski, my brother-in-law. He also put out a documentary that I was in uh, called Brief uh it's a pretty good show about the about the music community around here and about the his um his cd release party he had last march so it's pretty cool uh check it out buy tickets uh not you guys specifically because you're not around here but uh buy tickets to the showing if you are in the toledo area and then uh second on thursday is anthony martinez who is a comedian a friend of mine who is a dad of three boys and we talked uh about that stuff for a little bit and then um had we did an episode of his podcast called let's get quizzical but that'll come out later so uh so that's what we did this week on the nerdball network thanks for uh hanging in there with me guys while i while i talk the other stuff i got going on <laughs> jim what do you got going on that you want to <laughs> what? what do you got going on that you want to shout out there anything Nothing. I uh, got some support from uh, a new a new listener fan. Okay. Got a got a message from the DMV. So um, <laughs> no, my uh, buddy that uh, Tyler and I used to work with, he shot me a text message Saturday out of the blue or Thursday, something like that. I was just like, uh, uh, "Hold on, I have it here." Uh, Love the podcast. Just stumbled upon it. Tried to hit a few of them, but they're longer than my dick. Zoe's, Zoe's a great modi- mo- moderator slash sexy voice. You and Tyler need to get whatever type of mic he has because you guys sound like shit compared to him. Uh, Tyler needs to speak the fuck up and quit sounding like he just ran over a small mammal with his car. And you say like too much. Other than that, love it. If I don't have to listen to six assholes all day at work talking about the same shit, I'd probably tune in more often. Keep up the good work, fellers. Miss yous and go, Luca. <clears throat> so. Uh, do you want to shout this guy out or no? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Sullivan. Okay, uh, he is a St. John's graduate, uh, but we had worked uh, at Putin Bay together for three marvelous, marvelous summers. Nice. So. Well, thanks yeah. for listening, Mickey. If he ever listens to another episode, yeah. So, <laughs> and we can kind of go in this part too. It was interesting because I actually he put out a really good video. He's in charge of his twentieth class uh, reunion or whatever. Like, okay. I don't think he's officially the person, but he just kind of decided, like, I'll just kind of step up and do this. And so, um, I was asking him how that's going. He's like. Uh, he's like, I'm actually trying to do a podcast just with random people in our class weekly to try to like get interest of, you know, what people are doing and get people excited about the the 20th year this year. And um, he's like, it, it's a little bit of work, but I'm really excited to see everybody and, you know, whatever. And so I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so hmm. I don't well, know. Yeah, just, I, I was thinking about it because I haven't heard a damn thing about our 20th year. And I was like, I really wish, because he is in the Maryland area, and I was just like, I really wish that I was just going to pawn it on people in the Toledo area to be like, I live too far away to take on that type of responsibility. It needs to be somebody local there that can do it. Um, but he's like, dude, there's the internet. You can look everything up yourself. So I like, dude, you're, you're poking holes in my theory, but um yeah, man, it's uh, uh exciting. That that is a that's a good idea that he had uh, or has that he's doing. Uh, it is. It's either you, 
you're never i feel like as far as our reunion like there is some facebook stuff going around um but i feel like you're either like 100 percent going or 100 percent not like there's no i feel like there's nothing in between i have no idea of anything mm. like legit like so i must have pissed off the wrong person at some point but i feel like the 20th is kind of like i remember that's the that's like the one that maybe we're 25th like I kind of start to remember like my mom going to hers mm. and that being like kind of a big thing. Yeah. Um, but also like, I feel like with Facebook and social media, you kind of already know what the hell people are up to. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, are you in? Cause it's only like a, it's like a messenger thing. <clears throat> yeah. Like whatever the Facebook group is, I think it's just like Perrysburg high school Oh three or something like that. But it sounds like they're, I saw there was a message posted a couple of days ago, actually. And it was more of like trying to get people's feedback. So there's nothing set in stone, but it sounded like they're trying to do something for homecoming, which obviously I wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be able to go or I wouldn't be able to go if yeah. it's in the fall. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's really because um, they want, and I've talked about it with Jim and Tyler, they want every like, every reunion to be around homecoming because it's not just like here's homecoming it's like a giant thing now like the past right it kind of started this year where there's something friday before the game then the game then uh the reunion for oh two was during the game in the huskinson center and then on saturday there's a huge thing downtown too so it's like a it's a bigger bigger thing now or they're trying to make it a bigger thing and trying not to like when they do uh have reunions they don't want to like spread out throughout the year they want to always want it in the fall yeah i jim, mean it I, made sense but... yeah jim i just invited you to the group i'm i'm not gonna join <laughs> <What'd you> just... <laughs> i have zero information but i'm refusing to get any of the information no i'll, I'll check it out i'll check it out i i didn't have... uh, i'm not committed one way or another you know Oh, I just found the clip we're going to use. That's so good. I uh, <laughs> I didn't have Facebook for like probably like five or six years. Yeah. And then work made me get it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then um, I don't know why I still have it, but I still have it. So. Well, while you're there, check it out if you want to. You don't have to. Right. It's, it's I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, before we before we dive into do we care, um, I have a big uh, do we care or do you care? Do you care that the Mavs blew a 27-point lead yesterday to a, an okay player, LeBron? So Jim's words. these are the most, the 23 most important games of LeBron James' career. <laughs> that's what he said because he doesn't want to miss the playoffs two consecutive years, which yeah. – loser it's 10 teams per well, conference before up. before we before we start uh adam i know you probably didn't listen to but i asked jim a few episodes ago if lebron was a great player and he said lebron is a very good player so that's why he's very good that's why i yes. made that comment okay so right, um proceed so yes he said these are the 23 most important games of his career mm -hmm. he's gonna you know so you're gonna get their best shot the announcers were all over the Lakers cock that entire game. And it was pretty brutal. Dude, when, yeah. LeBron, when LeBron hurt his foot or whatever, they're just like, well, check up, watch LeBron when he's coming down. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. He's doing that. Oh my God. It's just like, dude, shut up. The Mavs are completely blowing this. And all you're doing is just stroking LeBron. And so it's just like, okay, there's, there's a little bit too much there. No, the Mavs, I mean, they completely overhauled their roster. They're four games into this with the Luca Kyrie thing. They looked great the first half, first quarter, and you know they just could not. Uh, it was tough. I mean, hey, hand up, like, hey, the Lakers. They made some big shots. So and it, 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 it also Anthony wasn't. Davis. It also wasn't one of those things too where it's like there was like horrible fouls or non-fouls. Like I didn't, I didn't, nothing really stood out where there was anything like that. They just played they, better than. It, it's weird too. Cause the Mavs just picked up uh God. I can't think of the guy's name. And he did really well on Friday night. And then. Green. No, no. He started for him. Uh, 
can't think of the guy's name. But anyways, they took Josh – no, they took Josh Green out of the starting lineup, who I love, and they put this other guy in. And for, like, the first – Holiday? Like, holiday, yes. Yeah. And they just, like, looked out of so- – like, their whole rota- – like, everything was just kind of off that game, and they started so well, but the mm-hmm. Lakers just weren't hitting any shots. But it was all – it was AD, and it was the uh, – Vanderbilt. Vander- Vanderbilt's yeah. sweet, yeah. That play that he made going out of bounds where he just chucked it behind his back to the guy streaking, yeah, that was awesome. Also, the Mavs need to stop bitching so much, and I love Luca, but like my God, like there's point where it's okay. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, we could be going back. Like we're up by t- over 20 points. They cut it to within 15. We have an opportunity to like push it then back to 20, or could go to like 10 points and really make this game. And they like there's just no urgency on that and it's like dude just let the call go let's get it next like get out of your own head sometimes but yeah um no it's i also i i don't know the white dude on the lakers who got in Josh face but can we all just agree josh green would light that dude the fuck up <laughs> like there, i mean i was kind of pissed that the maps took green out after that like little scuff up and yeah. just I mean, I don't know. They they're they're work in progress, but the good news is they're they're in the playoffs currently and um they don't that, have the twenty three most important games of LeBron James career in front of them to make the playoffs. The the Mavs actually have like the second easiest schedule. No, they have out. the easiest schedule. I was okay. just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. thank you, Spurs. Thank you, Rockets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's who they're that's pretty much who they're like playing back to back a bunch yeah. of these things. So yeah. Well, I uh, I normally don't watch like just a random basketball game, but the Spurs suck. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this, especially because it's. I turned on at halftime. Mateo was like, is there anything on? I was like, yeah, I'll turn a basketball game on. And we watched it. Um, and I saw that like right before halftime, they called a timeout. The Lakers did. And they said, hey, his, their coach is like, hey, let's cut this to get this to under 20, which they did. And I'm like, oh man, let's see what let's see what happens here. And then it just got closer and closer, and it got more exciting. And then I'm like, man, win or lose, I gotta, I can't wait to talk to Jim about this because you're our although this conversation really, like, you were like to me, you're like super irrational. Now you're just irrational. So you're getting closer to the middle. I, dude, the part that I love about the NBA and it drives my wife nuts is like, dude you just need to be within 10 points with like five minutes to go and have some type of offense flowing and you can get totally back in the game. Like, so I never felt it's weird. You, you definitely feel it watching the games where like the Mavs will go up by a lot. And then you definitely just feel the momentum going. And I was really hoping with Kyrie, they'd be able to like have a guy that could just drive to the basket and get a, like a, a hoop whenever they need to. Um, but that wasn't really the case I felt like in the second half. So I don't know. They'll, they'll figure things out. They'll, they'll get back on track. Gump, how many NBA games have you watched this year? Zero. <laughs> I do listen to, uh, cause I have a commute to work now. So I, I drive with one of, uh, the other coaches. Yeah. So we have about like a 30, 35 minute drive. And, uh, so we'll listen to, uh, one of three, one Oh five, three. I can't remember if it's the fan or the, I think it's the fan, not the ticket. And uh, so they talk about basketball. So that's the only. It's the only Dallas team that wins. (laughs) I mean, they made the playoffs. If Dallas makes the playoffs and wins the championship. Cool. If not, then they did as good as the Cowboys. I mean, the Mavs have won a championship a lot more recent than one championship. Okay. I'm just saying, well, let's Okay. Well, that's then the other Texas team is better than the Mavericks then. Cause they yeah. won in 2014. Who? The Spurs. Spurs. Oh, I'm just saying, if, that, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that, then we'll do that. <laughs> Five hours away. It's, I'm mean, just saying, I'm just saying, uh, all right. Jim, let's get to uh, let's get to our do we care here. Adam, do you understand yeah. what do we care is? Probably not. Uh, pro- probably not, but whatever. Yeah, okay. So do we care? Have, so so Jim, I, go I ahead. Have, I have two articles today. 
Okay. I went through the news itself is just very depressing. It's the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, these people don't like these people. These people don't like it. Who gives a shit? So, um, real, real quick, first, real quick, uh, Adam, do we care? Jim, Jim gives an article, just a headline. And then we basically say if we care about it or not. And then if we do, okay. then we, regard. I think regardless if we care about it or not, we talk about it. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, here's a headline for you. SpaceX now targeting early Thursday for Crew 6 astronaut launch. I don't really care about going to space. We have enough issues. We, we should probably solve more things here, but I, I, I don't really care at all. I don't care who's, who's going to space. Like what? What's the, like the the point of this? The objective, right? It's, it's a private company, I guess, taking people to space. If don't if, care. If price wasn't a, a problem, would you go to space? Oh yeah, yeah. I would not. I would feel like I don't even like flying on an airplane. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? You die, and everybody knows who you are. Like. <laughs> Do you know who died on the Challenger? No, but there's videos and stuff all the time about it, though. Like, you might be a part of a documentary. Okay, this, the society we're in is like five seconds and then they move on. So, yeah. But there was a whole movie made recently about that. I didn't watch it because it's depressing. (laughs) You're at least in the movie. Like, when they tell the Elon Musk story, if this thing blows up, that's a part of his story because his company put somebody in space and they the thing blew up and the views would be really cool look at my background right now look at it and tell me you're not like that would be pretty cool to stare out the window nah i'm good i watched the movie like where where are you going in space are you just going up in space like the uh, the initial shock would be pretty cool but then you're staring at the same thing like the whole what time. If you landed, what if you landed on the moon for like three hours, kind of like a field trip, you get off, you hop yeah, around, and then like you get back in and then like you go back home? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You know what's fake? Right. Is is there's like the airplanes that go into, I get it's space, but it's like just barely space. And then they kind of come back come back in have you seen those yeah. videos yeah yeah that's kind of bush league uh michael straight maybe did that um i don't know so, yeah i yeah i think you're yeah i think you're right i don't know i still don't i mean i've had i had a nightmare where i was in space and i was untethered and i let go like i my hand slipped off of whatever i was touching and i would just i was just in space for forever until grip I strength you gotta you gotta be able to hold on <laughs> Dude, I was terrified in my nightmare. Did you watch that movie with the Sandra Bullock movie? I did not know. I've only seen a couple parts of it. Yeah. I didn't watch I it. I never saw it. Like, it looked boring as hell to me. But but let's go to space. I mean, they get, I, I think, I, I don't, 100, it's like 10 years old now, but isn't it her and George Clooney just like floating out? I think there's some type of accident somehow. I have seen, have you ever seen The Martian with uh, Matt Damon? So that's good. I mean, like he's a rocket or he's like Iron Man for a hot second. Just punctured his uh, suit so he could fly around. Yeah. So, I mean, that'd be pretty cool if you knew you weren't going to die. I mean, here's the thing. So many people die a day on earth just doing like normal stuff. And it's just like, okay, whatever. Not a ton of people have died in space. But how many people have been in space? So what's the ratio of death? No, no, no. I get that. But it's like, hey, my buddy died in space. Like that's a pretty, that's a kind of a crazy like thing you can drop at any type of. At the mixer. bar? Yeah. yeah, but you're the, you're going to be the one that's dead. So you can't drop it anywhere. I mean, you're going to die anyways. Do you want to die 30 years before you're supposed to? For a cool story, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a cool. movie. It's not a movie. So, so think, well, okay. well, where did well like like uh I think the our first question was like where's the object what's the objective, right? I guess just to go, but like eventually you're going to to do what? Like 
you know, I guess, I guess you can, I guess you can go up there and what, have a birthday party. Like, I can't wait to plan it. I mean, I, th- I feel like if you go, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Hit it, go. <laughs> I feel like if you go to space and it becomes normalized, then it's kind of just like, all right, so what's the next thing? You go to the next planner, you go to the next. I, I don't know. I feel like the space program really hasn't done much since the 60s. And so it's like, maybe they need to step their game up a little bit. Well, because I think it takes, uh, like, I mean, they've been trying to go to Mars, but I feel like it takes, like, what, like 18 years or something to get to Mars? Like, I feel like it takes forever to get to these other places. So, like, you saying, like, well, we'll go to the this planet and then the next planet. Well, I, of some of these some of these planets, you're not coming back. <laughs> you're just going. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I don't think we care, but it is an interesting topic. Fair. Fair. I think. I think we'll go back to George and what he said. Like you can care both ways. So. Okay. Hit it. Um, this is the last one here. Um, LeBron James ruled out of Grizzlies game. Will reportedly miss extended time with foot injury. Um, it's interesting to me because these are the twenty-three most now twenty-two most important games of his career. Mm-hmm. that he said, at least during the All-Star break. And um, after one game back from the All-Star break, he's now taking time off to rest. So Jordan would never. I don't really care about this, but Jordan would never. Um, I mean, you say rest, fine. I mean, it did say injured. So I think there's a difference between that and in resting and injured, especially nowadays when when players are out for specifically when it says rest in a stat sheet okay and not semantics but i'm just the most important games of his career sure he's missing to monitor his right foot which which by the way are they okay where are they in the rankings they're like like, 12 are they right now 12 12. and like isn't there like uh three games that separate the mavs and like 10 Mm -hmm. or 11 something like that so yes something like that so i mean they're they're right there i understand both sides of it like obviously they need to get on a streak here to be able to even get into the playoffs but do you want to be limping into the playoffs or not even make it for for him at this stage it's all the same thing so you might as well be healthy going in i'm sure he his viewpoint is if they just get in that him and davis are better one-two punch than anybody whether that's true or not all right whose dog is that sorry the neighbors <laughs> yeah right now the actually between fourth place and the lakers it's three and a half games so yes, fourth place correct. and 12th place yeah and this but the spurs are 28 and a half back so so That's you're good. saying there's a chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> Suck for Wimbenyama or whatever. So I, I have two. So that, that's my uh, headline things. I have two topics, though. I did want to bounce off you guys. Got it. Okay. First one is uh, when you're listening to this, it's March, right? Yes. Okay. I know our schedule. March 2nd. You got it. We are... Two months into the year, we're a sixth of the way through the year. How's 2023 uh, going for you guys so far? Adam, go ahead. I'll let you go first. Uh, it's been good. Uh, different since I changed jobs. So uh, that has been an adjustment, and we're just getting started. Baseball-wise, we just had our first games this past weekend. So just adjusting to different school, the dog barking across there. Um uh, <laughs> But uh, it's been so, going good. So you yeah. talked about uh, earlier. You talked about carpooling. Um, yeah. If there's, if there's a, if there, that's a, that's a. For me, I feel like that's a dad thing too. Like just, hey, let's carpool. Let's save money. Let's save gas. You know, be yeah. some, be a pal. Um, was so you knew this guy before before you started like at this. Yeah, we job, right? we uh, worked at Allen for six years together. So okay, I've known him. I, it's like year eight. I've okay. known him. All right. Um, so we're good friends. I just know you. I don't know the other guy. Like, how quiet is this ride? 
it depends because we leave at like uh, we meet at like six six fifteen every okay. morning. Yeah. So we got to be at work at like a little before seven. So if it's been a long day, the the day before, especially if we've had like a game, we coach football together, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It can it can be pretty quiet, but normally it's it's pretty good. So just just your run in the middle, chatty Cathy's. Oh yeah, you know, Andy, Andy, you get to use the carpool lane. Well, we, we take the, we take the back roads. So that, okay. yeah. So that also makes it, it's a uh, nice and dark and, and all of that. And driving in Texas is, uh, you, you fear for your life. There's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing down here. So, yeah. but what about all so that like, keeps, keeps you on your toes? What all these back roads, aren't there deer and wild hog running around everywhere? I say back roads. It would be like, uh, before you get on the outskirts of Perrysburg, where it turns into like nothing between like Perrysburg and BG. Yeah. Like you're on the fringe of that. There's you're driving through like the outskirts of Plano, which is a major city. Oh, okay. 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 And stuff like that. So, all right. Also, I really. think there's probably more deer in Ohio. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like jump in front of a car here. Mm. Right. There's, there's too much civilization. I guess it depends on where you're at, right? Yeah. 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 Like if you go uh, east of Allen, where I'm at, then you run into like some some uh, wilderness or whatever you even want to call it. Like basically, there's not a house on top of another house for yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. But we're kind of like on the fringe of that. And then you, the school that I teach at, Gar- like the city Garland is big, and it's got seven high schools. So we're not really like out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. All right. Um, do you ever? Do you ever, do you guys ever, you just listen to sports radio? Do you guys ever listen to like uh, music or anything? Yeah. Well, like when there's a break on the radio, we'll mix in uh alternative rock, a little nineties, <laughs> early two thousands. Okay. Okay. Like it, it takes me a second to figure out like, okay, was this like junior high? Was this high school? <laughs> Maybe a little bit afterwards. You forget about a lot of songs. Oh, for sure. Trey. I mean, like that, that genre just like disappeared out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Trey sends me uh, reels on Instagram and they're a lot about emo and stuff. And he sent me one. Oh gosh. He sent me one about like uh, this, whoever posted like the best songs from 2006, like emo type songs. And he, okay. and then he commented, he goes, he goes, I'm pretty sure we lived in a golden era of emo because these songs are terrible. <laughs> well, what was awesome is he sent out that text out, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, big timers. Yeah. And, uh, literally the next day it was one of the first days of baseball and then like we've only been on our field like a handful of days because of rain and everything and so we were on the field that day and head coach put on some music and it was like early 2000 rap and that was the first song that came on it just made my day got me going kids had no clue what was going on that's all right no the 2023 (laughs) is going pretty sweet for old gumper yeah yes sir (laughs) All right, so you guys are up. Um, it's going good, man. It's super busy at work because we're opening a brand new, brand new park that I'm managing. So it's it's busy there. We did uh, yesterday was our last day of our ice skating ribbon, so that's kind of a. It was cool. I think we had almost fourteen thousand skaters on it from February second to yesterday, uh, and that was like operating at a real low capacity because we just wanted to see how it was going to go. So uh, next year we're going to be open from from like uh, mid November to now to maybe possibly mid-march depending on the weather so it's gonna be a lot longer a lot more headaches and stuff but it's pretty busy and now the kids are starting to get do stuff we've, we've been practicing indoor for softball and next month mateo starts flag football and baseball so all these spring spring stuff is it's coming around the corner but it's good everyone's good everyone's healthy it's fun it's fun running running people everywhere when, when you say skaters on at the thing i just immediately think of like the skater boy song by ever levine hey going back to early 2000s i don't know as soon as you said that that's i was just like i got that song just in my head so it is not well speaking of sports real quick i gotta so mclean played basketball this was his second season his first season he didn't take a shot it's almost like it's the same as uh, his first year playing soccer when he was four. He I had to bribe him just to touch the ball. But uh, about halfway through the season, he finally took his first shot. He made his first basket. So then he, he was, was just shooting balls. everywhere. Oh, yeah. So he ended up being a pretty, pretty decent little player there. But nice. so they they just had their last game. They did a little tournament last weekend. 
and uh, the team they played, they had beaten already, and then they tied them like the week before. So they just seating wise, they had to play them again, and uh, they ended up getting beat pretty bad. And uh, he went and went took a shot later later in the game when they were down, and he uh, he bricked it and he uh, ran down. And he just started screaming as loud as humanly possible, and I just realized that he's he's Amy's son. He's not mine. <laughs> I was going to ask how how does he uh, how did he take losing? Uh, he was upset, but he was only upset because he didn't think he'd see his friends ever again since it was oh, the last sorry. game. <laughs> well, that, I guess that's a that's a. He good was a little to... disappointed that they lost, yeah. but that was a good attitude more... to have, though. I think. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't he didn't shake uh, the opposing team's hands. There's they were getting a little rowdy. No. The eight, the awesome. eight, eight year old basketball game. <laughs> And uh, like he shook the head coach's hand on the other team and then like purposely went out of his way to not shake the rest of the kids' hands. So we had to have a uh, teachable moment right there. Sportsmanship talk, huh? That's right. Yeah. So I like the I like the fire in him though. That was good. <laughs> did he like just have his hand out or did he just like completely like turn sideways and not even like, like try to touch anybody? He had it he had his hand out like he was like two players and then the coach. So he gave him a high five, the first two kids and the coach, and then like basically gave him the cold shoulder he was like mm, no he put, that was he was pulled it away like psych, he's like, psych, to like the first kid <laughs> first kid after the coach got the uh no see ya oh jim oh oh dude everything's been it's been good yeah it's, been good. it's just crazy i was just like oh shit like we're almost a quarter way through the uh through the year so kind of crazy yeah Okay, so that was the first one. Second one here. A little hypothetical game. You ready? Sure. I got this listened to another podcast today, but <laughs> would you rather have won, won a championship and then your team is just kind of garbage over your lifetime or your team is always super competitive, like championship game or champion – like or – conference champions but they never win the the big game ever so what would you what, rather have? like would uh, you rather be the 90s minnesota braves but without the world series minnesota or, Braves, <laughs> atlanta braves yes okay. or <laughs> the florida marlins uh florida what, marlins yeah 100 i'd won a championship also also, maybe but at least one championship, not two. Yeah, we're saying as a uh, as a fan, right? As a fan, yep. Yeah. So that's basically the Indians for our lifetime. Right? <laughs> I mean, they've obviously had bad bad stretches there, like early two thousands after they got rid of everyone in mm-hmm. 01 yeah. to 02. But like for the most part, they're they're competitive. You know, they'll make a run every. You know. They'll have like two out of eight years where they make a deep run and have a legit I'm chance. This is like consistent deep runs, but you're just never actually my, winning it. And like, then on I've, the other side, you do win it one time. You don't know when that one time's coming, but you do win it that one time. I would say I would take the Marlins hands down as long as it's not like when I'm as old as can be and can't really like celebrate it because. The point would be like that's a year, a season that you're always going to remember. Yeah, yeah, I, like I agree. There's I good agree. moments with the Indians, but like if they would have actually won in 2016, think about like how much that changes that, like that moment. Like that's something you're always going to remember. That like and I, I, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. Well, like I, even like when the Indians tied it in the in yeah. the eighth. Yeah. Like if they would have won, if that would have been like the go ahead home run, or if there's no rain delay, or if we don't continue to put Brian Shaw in the game <laughs> after the rain delay and they win, like that's, that's a moment you're going to remember forever. Like I know where I was, but I feel like you remember that. what I was doing and everything, but yeah, but like now it's a, not a positive moment. Like, cause then you immediately think about how they just blew the game. Yeah. But then they also- blew the moment. Here, I, I hear what you're saying. My counterpoint to that would be, uh, actually, Lorenzo, you go because it seemed like you were on the same. 
I'm I'm with Adam. Like I I would want one championship. I even said it. If they would have won in 2016, they could have lost every game for the rest of my life, and I would have like, I would have I I still have that one championship that I want to see. Like, do I remember that? Sure. I remember in the 90s. I remember watching games at a bar with my dad when they went to play to win the ALCS to go play the Marlins. Like I I remember those things and they're good memories. But how much they'd be so much better if if they won the championship my my um i and it's and you're you're talking about deep runs and stuff that's how that's like the philadelphia eagles for forever make it to nc nfc championship game after nfc championship game and i like cool is it exciting yeah but you're just as much uh a uh non-championship team as everybody else except for whoever won that super bowl like i'd rather give me give me one championship and I, i'm good man okay but here i still think it go ahead you go I also think it depends on the sport. Like if it's college football, I would probably take constantly being really good because every game matters. That may change with the expansion of the playoffs, but like being a Penn state fan, if they beat Ohio state, if they beat Michigan, I'm good. Like, yeah, I want them to win more than probably any other sport that I follow or any other team that I follow, but like winning against Ohio state and being able to hold that over everybody back home, is almost like winning the national championship. So that's a good point. But like Indians, Steelers, I've been fortunate to actually see a Super Bowl win. So, like, I don't know. I guess it depends. Like, if your teams have already won it, you kind of know what that feels like versus never being able to break through. Yeah. Yeah. So here's why you guys are wrong. And it's once your team, when your team sucks, the interest in that team goes down. Are you a true fan then? Because a yes. fan is short yes. for fanatic. I understand. Okay. That, but there's no way you're like <laughs> – Like you're, you're talking about – This year, Lorenzo watching, following the Spurs, mm-hmm. I'm going to say is nowhere close to what it was in 2014. To be right? fair, to uh, to be fair, I I rarely watch them because I live in Ohio and not a lot of their games are on. Now, I still follow, I still go on Bleacher Report app. I check on them probably every day when they have a game. I like to see stats. I look at them. Um, do I want them to lose? Yes, because I want them to get a good draft pick. Uh, but I'm I still follow them. Um, but that now and they're not going to make the playoffs, so so I don't. But I do I do follow. And there's a good story. I remember. When the Indians were horrible, this is probably, I don't know, early, were they bad? When they were bad the last time? I don't remember, but we were living it with my in-laws. And my father-in-law was like, Are, aren't the Indians bad? And he was talking to my mother-in-law, and she was like, Are my, she was talking to Andrea, and she's like, yeah. It's like, Lorenzo's down there screaming at that TV every day. I was like, because I like watching baseball. It's fun. But but I understand as a whole or in the grand scheme of things, there are people, yes, there are people who, who will not watch their team when they're horrible. I get that. Because, uh, I mean, if, you're, if your team is in makes a deep playoff run every single year, even if they don't get over it, that still means that they're making that run. They've won games in the playoffs. You still have those, mo- like, the consistent moments of, like, Hey, we're going to go to a bar. We're going to watch this game. We're, there's, there's juice still. Mm-hmm. Like if your team is non-competitive, but you've been in, be like, Oh, we won a championship. Yeah, that's cool. But then it's like, I, I don't know. I would rather enjoy the, like all those playoffs, like leading up to it. Like, do I think the Mavericks are going to win the NBA championship this year? Probably not, but it's still that like, they're a good team. They're fun to watch. Like it makes it a hell of a lot more enjoyable to watch something like that than it was when it was like Dirk's last couple of years before Luca got there. And it's like Dennis Smith Jr. is not the answer, but it's just like, okay, like it's cool to go to. But even if the Mavs don't win it all this year, if they win the first round of the playoffs, like you got the juice going, makes you look forward. If your team sucks, it's just like, uh, well, we had that one win. We won a championship 20 years ago. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I got I get that. But at the same time, you're also become like numb to what's going to happen. You know, 
okay, we're going in the playoffs again. Like, this is our year. How many times do we say tribe time? Oh, whatever. <laughs> and oh, you whatever. know, like, you know, it's not going to happen. Like, they're, something's going to go wrong. It could uh, happen. If you're the Buffalo Bills of the early 90s and you lose four straight Dude. and yeah. – two of them to the Cowboys, one of them being probably the worst Super Bowl ever, or what, 52 to 13 or whatever that that score was. Like the highlight of that game is Don Beebe knocking the ball away from Leon Lett, if you're a Bills fan. I should ask ask my mother-in-law if she would, because she's a huge Bills fan, if she would rather them lose four Super Bowls, like continuously go to the Super Bowls four in a row, if you'd rather that happen and never wish win a championship or just win one and never that it never happens again. Like, well, I like, think about the bills, the bills using that example. So bad though for like 15. Right. But don't you think, you know, that stretch of like, I think it was like 99 until Tyrod Taylor took them to the playoffs like five years ago, whatever it was right before Josh Allen got drafted. Like wouldn't that 15 year stretch, however many years it was like, wouldn't you be like, okay, but we won it we won a Super Bowl, Like we got off the list. We're not the Cleveland Browns. Or if they win it, let's say this upcoming year, like, don't you think that replaces that terrible stretch? You're like, Oh, it was worth it. We got Josh Allen and we won a Super Bowl because of that. I would rather like in that bills thing, like they also had one of like the greatest playoff comebacks of all time. And that against yeah. That- yeah, Marino or what? Like it was just like you're also winning a ton of play, like meaningful games along the like along that that period of time. So yeah, you're losing, I mean, would... you're losing the most meaningful every time, and it's like to me yeah. that's so heart wrenching. Like oh, we're in it again. Oh, we're in it again. We're in it for the fourth time, and we lost again. Like it's after a while, you're like I don't even want to be in it anymore. Like, like you, you would much. almost rather them not make it to the super bowl or world series because if you keep making it like you're going to go down in history like the bills everyone's going to remember that stretch i also hate that the the indians are are like oh who's who's had the longest world series drought (laughs) i hate that not like how many teams have lost game seven of the world series in extra innings twice With, with michael martinez up to bat Like, yeah. like nobody uh, talks about it because it's at least there was a stretch. It was a stretch of like 19 years in between the two. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't want to be known for that either. Like, yeah. it's different if you're like the Kansas City Chiefs of the 90s under Schottenheimer, where that guy like has great years and then blows it in the playoffs versus always making it to the championship of whatever league it is and then blowing it there. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. we we uh, sufficiently beat that topic. Yeah, you lost, Jim. We, we won the Super Bowl of that topic. <laughs> Jim, you good? Great. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else, guys? What do you think of the new pitch clock in baseball? Dude, did you see the very first game where they it was bases loaded? Uh, full count yes. they called the guy strike three <laughs> like i didn't realize i didn't read in depth enough initially of like all the little intricate intricacies of it but i didn't realize like the batter has to be ready yeah i didn't know that either by eight with eight seconds left yeah which doesn't make sense to me because like the pitcher could just be messing around or like not on the rubber and the hitter still has to just be st- literally staring at the pitcher like he has yeah. to show that he's engaged in the at bat for that don't pitch. Don't you think like in it's going to be weird this season, but like by next season, it's just going to be like right because like they were talking about the pace of play because obviously they got all these random stats nowadays, but like of the seventies, and it was like basically this was the the pace of play. So it like the all the baseball purists that are arguing against it. Like this is how baseball used to be done. So I don't have a problem with the pitch count at all. Like as a former pitcher, like I tried to work fast, but I think they got to iron out some of these rules, like watching the Indians highlights yesterday in uh, 
one of the Indians relievers asked for a new ball. I forget which one it was the, the nut job that always celebrates after. Yeah. Yeah. So he asked with the new, for a new ball of like 10 or 11 seconds left and they didn't reset it. Mm. Now his problem was that he had to flip the ball 17 times like Nomar yeah. or Separ before he got on. But then he also started his windup or his delivery, like as the clock is ending. So is it like you have to pitch the ball with 20, like at before 20 seconds, like does the ball have to leave your hand? Is it, I thought it was just like, you had to show that you're pitching at that point. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you're right, Jim. I, I think you're right. Eventually it's just going to be like, well, this is what it is, you know, and, and people will get used to it. I, I did see a video of, I, I forget when it was, maybe it was 2016 in, in the national league playoffs where it's like, how many inside the park home runs could Jose Altuve hit before so-and-so pitches a one pitch to David Ross? And there's like and four or five, right? It, well, I fast forwarded it and it was to seven. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I think that it was probably towards the end. But he was able to go seven times before this dude got a pitch to him. Hopefully, like as it's implemented for a couple of years, as you said, it's like the new norm. And then people stop calling timeout as much. People stop stepping off the rubber as much. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think it's a good, I like, they need to do something. It was just like, the worst part is, so my wife's gotten really big into like A&M baseball, like after last year in their run and their team is like four hour games are the norm. Like it's, they just, they watch every single pitch go. They don't like, it's just, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. Which I know like, so down here they do, like a, I wouldn't even call them tournaments for college. They'll bring in like four uh, teams to like a minor league park. So they'll do it at uh, the Rangers double A that's by us, or they did it one at globe life, the opening weekend. And they did have a pitch count for those ones. So I don't know. That's what Tyler was talking about that. He said, that's what they, he went down there and like did was like training for pitch clock and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So Hopefully, I don't know how they would do it at a place like BG or mm-hmm. UT with not as much funds to be able to just have a, a clock on the scoreboard or not. But hopefully, like if it trickles down there, it's obviously already been in the minor leagues that it just becomes the norm. Like you watch high school and, and most college games are are faster, but you score more runs. So that obviously slows stuff down in college, too. So, yeah. But. Yeah. All right. Well. I guess that's it we finished on a bang <laughs> jim you good man i just you're just you're just you seem I, you seem uh, uh like you're in outer space i'm so mentally checked out like i'm going on vacation soon it's just like, uh, whatever uh, just focused on lebron james and his big 23 games <laughs> yeah Gump, how you doing, man? I feel so. Gump and I live 15 30 minutes, miles. something yeah, like that. Yeah, 30 minutes apart, probably. And you never talk to each other. I see Gump about once a year at front house. <laughs> yeah, it's like a birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, summer New Year's Eve, summer. Yeah. yeah, so uh, just busy. I know. Luckily, things have slowed down at the new school. I was. I think it like before is working like 70 hours or something like that last year one of the reasons one of the big reasons why i left was like i saw the kids during the week when we were in season which is almost the entire year for football and then baseball starts like a month later i'd see him from like sunday when i put him to bed till like saturday afternoon like two hours and that would yeah. be like taking them to school or like i would wake mclean up because amy would take him to school i'd just wake him up just so i could see him and then, like, I wouldn't see him when I got home because I was getting home at, like, 7.30. Or I'd see him, like, as he's going to bed. So so it's so, been better to be able to see them. Uh, Lorenzo, permission to go about five more minutes here. <laughs> yeah, you're good, man. Okay. So <laughs> it's – Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a dad's podcast. Yes. Gump has four kids now. Yeah. And we can cut whatever. But So two of them you've adopted – right how is the what advice would you give to people that 
are looking to potentially adopt kids? Uh, I mean, like obviously with kids, every kid is different. Every situation is different. Like we adopted a sibling set, a brother and sister, and just their situations were completely different because it was same mom, two different dads. One dad was, they didn't even know technically who the dad is for the one child, at least legally, the mom hasn't said anything. And they tested a few guys. And then the dad for the, uh, our son, like was in the picture, but not a good person, basically. Uh, there was some domestic violence and all of that. So that, what the kid goes through, obviously, is going to impact uh, who they are, even at a young age. So that's been caused some challenges for for one of our uh, kids too. So it would just be like, you have to go in with an open mind. Like you can't, uh, like, I think some people get this idea that you're going to like take over this baby and there's not going to be any, any issues or any ramifications from what, whatever they've gone through, but that's, that's not the case. And it's the same as raising your own kid, but at the same time, it's not. So do you ever worry that, uh, or I guess how often do you worry that, okay, our, our children are good. Uh, every, all four of them are good, but is what they went through going to cause problems? Like now, now, it's, like you said, it's, there's some issues, but as they get older, like, how is this going to manifest? Like, is that something you think about? For sure. All yeah. the time. Um, just cause we've seen the effects of it already mm-hmm. without going into too much detail, but, um, it's always going to be, in the back of Amy and I's heads. And then it's, you know, when something goes wrong, cause they're kids and something's going to go wrong eventually yeah. or make bad decisions, whatever, you know, is it, is it cause of that? Is it cause of you know, our parenting? Is it just, they made a bad choice. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be there and, and it's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with. Uh, some of it on their own, some of it with us, you know, it just depends on how much, you know, they're not going to remember, any of the details or anything like that, but there's always lasting effects. So mm-hmm. something they're going to have to manage. And then like, so how did you all like, cause it's not something that you can just kind of like stick, stick your toe into, I guess, like, Hey, we're right. Gonna, but like, is there like, at what, like how, how did you guys decide like, Hey, let's look into the adoption thing or like how, how much time, I guess, did it, did you guys think on it before is like, this is kind of the route that we want to go through and, and yeah, that's for you guys, or at least like look into it more. Um, so Amy had always wanted to do something along those lines, maybe not necessarily adopt, but she was always kind of pulled in that, that direction, whether that would be fostering, adopting, or just helping out in some way. So really it wasn't something I thought of, you know, in a, as a guy in in our twenties, you know, and then, so we had talked about it and she had mentioned different things along the way. And then after McLean, we, you know, we, we struggled a little bit to have him and then it was much longer process. Um, So we kind of just left it up to God at that point. And then we were at church and they, our church is pretty big on fostering and they had the whole sermon was like somebody else, coming in who was a foster parent and he had talked about he had a child or two on their own biological children and they had an empty room and he's like i just have this we have this spare room it's not really our room it's god's room is how he worded it and it and we had already been talking about so it's kind of like confirming what we had been talking about for a while so I don't think we started right away after that. So it was, it was a long process before we even got started probably a couple of years. And then because of coaching too, we had to, the program we went through or the agency we went through, you have a bunch of classes, obviously that you're going to have to go to and training. So it took me probably like a year to get it all done. And then it took like a couple months after that, before we got our first call uh, to foster and then the whole process with our two kids was like another two years on top of that so in your mind when you started when you're like okay this is something that we want to do just because like i'm very ignorant on the whole situation like i just don't know really much about it but 
like in your head when you first started, was there a lot more to it that you initially thought or were, or were you like, no, this is about kind of what I thought we were going to get into? Um, or is it like they should give us more training based on what we're actually getting into? Like the training, just because being in education, you have at least a, an idea of that kind of side of things. Obviously, that doesn't cover all of fostering and all of that the training was a lot longer than expected and part of that was just because you had like the training was either in arlington which is an hour away was downtown dallas basically or south of dallas which is over an hour away with traffic and all of that so it made it longer just because of the location of all of that but the paperwork is crazy like when they drop a kid off literally they're dropping a kid off and they give you a stack like you're signing a house buying a house and it's sign this sign this sign this like anything that you could think of that could happen and then like because things have happened in a foster home random things you can't have or you have to have locked up like mclean had a nerf gun you have to have those locked up with like the bullets in a separate container locked up then locked into like a a cabinet of some sort so kids can't get those because i'm assuming something happened at some place with a nerf gun you know So things you don't think of, things like that. And then we have our dog. So that was a whole nother thing you had to go through to make sure that the dog is safe for the kids and all of that kind of stuff. So it was more of like the the little things. um, And then just like the whole process, literally they call you whatever, let's say just a random Monday at like 10 a.m. And they're like, hey, we're going to be there in three hours. And you have to be like, okay, we accept or we don't. And that's all they really tell you. Like it's, they'll give you the gender, the age, and that's it. They don't tell you, you know, like what's going on, uh, anything like that. You can set like your, if you really wanted to, like parameters of like, I want this, 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 and this. Um, but obviously that's not really like the point of getting into fostering. So we all we said was that we just wanted someone younger than McLean. That way it doesn't change too much of his uh, routine. Like dynamics, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, uh, if people are like, what's the best way that somebody gets started in this? Is it like through churches? Is it through? So you could go that route. Um, really you just need to find like an organization that's behind it and just kind of reach out to them. Um, shoot an email. Hey, we're interested. We just don't know a whole lot, whatever questions that you might have. And they'll, you know, either contact you or meet with you and then kind of just go from there. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when, when you first started fostering, I'm like, um, like I, well, I always think of all of us as just like younger versions of us. So no matter like where we're at in our life, it's like, oh, we're still 18 or whatever, right? So like, yeah. I think I think about you like fostering. I'm like, man, how can he, how can they be like doing that? It's it's It seems hard, it seems crazy, which it is, you know, it is hard. It is crazy. It is all those things. But obviously that's something you guys really wanted to do. And, um, yeah. and, and for you guys, like, it it and, I, and Jimmy you may have asked this question. I don't I don't I uh, I don't know if he asked a different. When you were fostering, did you know like, hey, we're fostering it to adopt, or was it strictly just fostering, and then you decided to adopt? So you have at least with our organization, you had like a um, different pathways, I guess that you could say. So you could say that we're just here to foster, like so you're a home that's just trying to basically bridge the gap for the kids and mm-hmm. you know try to help them out as much as you can, but you're not there as the long-term permanent solution. And we met like, a, so you can do what's called respite, which is basically you help out another foster family. Um, like, let's say they want to go on vacation and they can't take the kids. Maybe they're going out of state and they legally can't take the kids. So you would watch them for like the weekend or a week or whatever. So we did that first just to kind of get our feet wet with it. And the woman that we helped out she was strictly just fostering. Mm-hmm. So she, and that kind of changes like the whole dynamic. Cause you're there to help you. You want the kids to get reunited with the parents and all of that. And then we went the route of foster to adopt. So, um, you know, we're still involved with uh, the parents and it's not like we were trying to, you know, take the kids from the parents or anything like that. Um, but it obviously changes the dynamic a little bit. And then you have kinship, which would be like, you're a relative, um, fostering the child 
and obviously it depends on the situation there of whether the kid goes back to mom and dad or stays within the family or not. So, and then you can do matched adoption, which would be for an older child. I think at least with our organization or Texas anyways, I think you have to be eight or older and like, it would be like the child's place with you. You're going to adopt them pretty much right away. So, or like after it, I think they still make you go through the process for like six months just to make sure it's a good fit for both the child and the, the parents. But last, so. last question for me is like going through the whole process. Is there like something that you're like, they really need to reevaluate? Like, is there an easier way to do it than what they currently do? Like, is there, or is it all kind of like you understand the reason why they do it the way they do well, a lot of the issues are just like the laws in general. Like, yeah. um, so Texas just changed, or I don't know if it's Texas or under President Trump, they changed a bunch of laws in it. At least from our perspective, it made things a lot more challenging and not necessarily better for the kids. Like they, um, like you had to get a, a child placed in a certain amount of time or something along those lines. I can't remember the exact details and like kids were staying in the cps office like they didn't have a place to put them in so like they're sleeping in an office that's not obviously an ideal situation and then they changed like what would be like the requirements to remove a kid so like they took drugs off the table so like a kid could stay with their parents even if they got caught using meth for example um which i like i get that you want to have less kids in foster the foster system but at the same time is that going to be what's best for the kid if they're around drugs and drug dealers and all you know whatever the situation is so i don't know what else to do i don't know like the solution to it i guess at the end of the day you would need more people to volunteer in some form of fashion whether they're going to be foster parents or temporary you know housing whatever it may be so that's without that i don't know what else you can do with the Mm -hmm. circumstance that they have it's, it's crazy because so so my dad was adopted and this is the late 40s i guess and they just gave him to another family yeah it's just like <laughs> that's so crazy and it's just like uh, okay like yeah like the just knowing a little bit of the process that you all went through it's just it's crazy like not that long ago Right. That was just the thing. And now it's like, all right, we got to go through this. And I know like you guys had visits and all this type of stuff and like making sure everything was in order. It's just, uh, it's crazy for the work that you guys are doing and putting into it, the, the hoops too. But like, I get the checks and balance. Like you want to make sure good people that you're entrusting with the kid is just, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. crazy. They would tell us like during some of the trainings uh, and it makes sense, but like, so a child is kind of, uh, this is not the right word, but labeled basically like based off of their behavior or medical conditions or whatever it may be. Like if they have more things that you have to deal with, they're labeled differently. And so people would get more money because they have to put in more time or effort or they have to take them to doctor's visits, whatever it may be. So like some people will would cheat the system because you give reports every month like this is what the kid did this month you know hey there we signed them up for basketball we signed them up for this or that this is what they're doing in school if they are our school age and people would like basically forge like what forge what they're saying so they get more money so that's why like some of the the loopholes are put in there because obviously that's going to prevent the kid from potentially getting adopted if that's just a foster home yeah. Because now they're labeled as, you know, a behavior issue or whatever it may be, which is crazy. Like, why are you like people are trying to do this for a paycheck, at, you know, which is scary because then they have this kid in their home, you know. Yeah. So crazy. Well, uh, I, uh, I know we went long, Ryan, so. No, you're oh. good. You're good. I thought that was no, I thought I appreciate it too, Adam. Uh, I uh, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, no problem. You were a great fill in. Yeah, um, we're gonna have another fill in next week, Jim. Right, you're out next week. Deuces. Yeah, so we got. I already have someone to fill in for next week. So sorry, Adam, it's not you. Um, All so right, next, next time. Uh, but a- as always, 
check out uh, three different dads uh, on all social media, three different dads at gmail.com, T H R E E. Um, check out us on YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere. So find us everywhere. Please reach out to us. Uh, and maybe you can be wow. a villain dad someday. So, uh, <laughs> uh, as always, thanks, George. Uh, this, what do I say? It's wrong, whatever you said. (laughs) (laughs) This has been three different dads. My three dads, yep.